0: A theater near. I'm Michael Clark, and he's Mike Pereira, and we like talking about movies. And we're going to, with local guests and experts about the art, technology, and cultural impact of filming. On today's episode, Ted Harms and the VOC Silent Film Harmonic.
1: And now, on with the show um ted thank you for being here hey thanks for having me this is uh to, this is an honor and a privilege
2: <laughs> great to connect with you
1: yeah how are you doing ted good good it's uh things things are are a little busy uh with me and 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 what i'm doing and and a lot i've got uh uh we i mean uh I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the leader of the VOC silent film harmonic, uh, which is a group, um, we've been around for, I don't know, 15, 16 years now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and we accompany silent films, uh, with, with, uh, with, uh, with live music and uh and and as as we're speaking we're i mean we're kind of winding down one film but because there were some weather related delays um while we're winding down the one film we're, we're having to ramp up uh the next film and and the one thing that i've learned is that i don't i don't like having two films on on the go because <laughs> it just kind of screws up my brain so uh, but uh, but that will all be over soon.'re we're, 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 uh, what the, the second film that we were accompanying in our season was uh, uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer's uh, uh, The Passion of Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and, uh, and so we're just finishing that up. Um, and then and then we kind of have to really, really give ourselves a, a bit of a whiplash because the movie that we're doing next is, uh, is Gamera the giant monster, uh, which is, you know, one of those kind of classic trash Japanese monster movies. <gasps> trash. Trash. <laughs> you know, it's very clearly yeah. a guy in a rubber suit, and how this prehistoric turtle has rockets for legs. No one, no one really explains. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, yes, this I think is art. Ted, this is art. This is art. <laughs> art. <laughs>
0: And I think Darwin clearly wrote about rocket legs in *The Origin of the Species*. Like he had spent a lot of time in Galapagos. Yes. He was like clearly, yeah. the next stage of evolution for these creatures is rocket legs. Yes. Uh, that's... The I turtles mean, will become giant. Yes. Much more agile, like a human
1: in a turtle suit. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and, and science and, and art at its peak, Ted.
1: Yeah. And, can, <laughs> and 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 will be found in the Arctic. As well, because you know that's a that's a known habitat for turtles.
0: Absolutely, so. one of one of my favorite pieces of culture is the old Charles Fleischer Superman cartoon where they find effectively Godzilla frozen in the ice okay. and in the Arctic, and then yeah. they carve it out and bring it to Metropolis of all places. Of course, where of course, it melts and then starts to wreak havoc, and then Superman has to fight this giant lizard. And I, I always just loved that's the premise they always kept going back to is like well where does this creature come from well he's obviously frozen in ice obviously yeah. obviously
1: yeah um, well you know worked for captain america so yeah. uh so yeah so let's just let's just go back to that well and
0: uh <laughs> yeah I, I, I just heard that that uh toho is coming out with a brand new live action Godzilla it's like the first one that they've made in I don't know 10 years um and I can't help but but think eventually the the Godzilla story they'll have to change it from radiation monster to like a climate change effect monster
1: yeah yeah. Like to
0: keep it up to date and be the like the the new terror that is plaguing society. It's not nuclear fear anymore. It's it's climate change. Yeah.
1: Well that was that was that was the premise. I didn't I didn't see it, but that was the premise of uh when they rebooted uh the day the earth stood still. Was right. Was, right, right. was was when 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 Keanu Reeves I, uh played the robot, was that it was this environmental warning and you know and you know we're doomed unless we you know stop driving our cars or something like that so
2: do you think maybe it'll be more like godzilla is going to save us from climate change through the power of public education (laughs) <laughs> Godzilla's
0: the new Smokey the Bear
1: he's gonna... yeah maybe that's the angle they're going to go with Is he's going to go around to the public schools and talk to the kids
0: he's going to yeah. sit sitting on a chair backwards and yep. he's gonna... hey the adventures kids. of Godzilla
2: and Captain Planet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you this could. This is going to go nowhere yes. I have <laughs> bad idea Toho if you're listening yes I'm sure you're not but don't not listen to
0: me <laughs> the, the twist is that Godzilla instead of being a man in a rubber suit is now a bear in a rubber suit and that it's, bear has very strong opinions about
1: public safety there was a uh, um, uh, an SCTV episode where it was the melonville telethon and uh, um, they had the elephant man was 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 <laughs> one of the was, was one of the people answering the phones and everyone was kind of scared of him and you know slurring like John John Merrick did in the movie and all that yeah. and then they and then they took off the the bag that was over his head and turns out it was it was Elmer the safety elephant. <laughs> and then and suddenly everyone was all oh, oh it's cute and cuddly and you know oh he's got good advice and stuff like that. So
2: Oh man. S C T V so good. Yeah. yeah. that
1: was good stuff.
0: When did you first encounter Gamera
1: in your lives? Mike, you want to you want to take this one? You um, want to start?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh so for me it would have been as a kid uh on on Sundays my dad and I would often watch the the they there was one channel that would that would run the Godzilla movies on Sunday afternoons and so my dad if my sister and my mom were out or something my dad and I would watch whatever godzilla movie they were showing that afternoon um and and you know it's funny because in my mind those movies were a lot more exciting than a lot of them actually like a lot of them are very slow burns in in Mm. retrospect and they take a long time to like get to anything um uh, but anyways that is so i i think it was kind of lumped in with that Sort of Sunday afternoon B movie run on whatever channel we were catching those on. I remember it vaguely, but I haven't seen it probably since then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I th- maybe, maybe you're talking about about the um, it was uh, it was City TV that had the not so great movies, um, which. They- I th- I think I think we're running Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and I remember catching a couple of them as a kid. Usually, I would, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure my parents would have preferred me to be playing outside than than sitting inside than sitting inside in front of the TV. But um, the way how I kind of came across it was, um, and I'm, I'm working in the VOC here every every chance I get, um, was that you know we were we were doing. Our, our our stock and trade had kind of been, even though we didn't start off that way, we kind of our stock and trade was doing the classic silent films, and um, so you know Nosferatu and Caligari and, uh, and 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 films like that, and then um, and then I guess and I I guess I kind of knew about it, but didn't really know about it, but I realized that there were all these films that were public domain, but were talkies so you know you know these are movies that came out anytime after 1930 and for any number of reasons um they were not copyright anymore um and it kind of and and i guess the most kind of uh, i guess in my mind the most famous example is is the original night of the living dead um which because of the rules at the time was that on the title card, or you know? And this is back when movies had introductory credits. They had to have the copyright blurb at the beginning of the movie with you know with the year in Roman numerals, in, the year in Roman numerals, so no one could actually read it quickly and 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 all that. And then I guess what I'm not 100 sure. I know that they had changed the name of the movie a couple times. And right. I think and I think and I think when they kind of settled on Night of the Living Dead either somebody somebody dropped the ball and they didn't they didn't put up the title card which meant that as soon as they showed it in public it was automatically public domain um and 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 so that's you know I mean yeah unfortunate uh, and all that but I mean a field day for anybody that you know wants to Profit from the Living Dead because because they can. Um, the other reason is that you know whoever holds the copyright, whatever movie studio or whatever, if they've gone under, if they've if they've become bankrupt or something like that, and if nobody buys the rights to that to that title or to that movie, um, it then also and I don't know what the legal, you know, is it probate? Is there I don't know what the legal um, timeline is, but eventually that movie will, will enter the public domain. And and so we we're kind of casting about trying to kind of find other other movies to do. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, it's great doing Chaplin and and and, and Keaton and, and movies like that. But we thought, well let's, you know, let's try to, to mix it up. And then I kind of started realizing the well, World Night of the Living Dead's in public domain and 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 of all the Japanese monster movies—they're all locked up tight, except for the very first Gamera movie. Um, the studio that that produced it, and I and I forget their name—they um, that that movie lapsed. The original studio went bankrupt, and 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 uh, and all that, and and so this is, yeah. So so this is in the public domain. So really, anybody can kind of have have their way with it. Um, and so, and so I mean I'm I'm sure I must have seen parts of it or probably you know the little fragments of it when I was a kid watching crappy movies and all that. But I didn't really come to camera. And this is actually what's coming up uh, when we're playing it at the registry uh, at the start of May. This is actually our second kick at the can uh, and all that. So so it wasn't so so probably five or six years ago was the first time that I kind of when i was digging around looking for movies to kind of put together mm. uh for a season i said okay well oh hey look at this here's a japanese monster movie that's that that we don't have to pay any fees for right
2: that's cool man i i love it I, and it doesn't shock me that the the other toho films are are not in the public domain cuz i i i remember years ago hearing a cbc interview that said they like Basically there's like one lawyer who is retained to like enforce the copyrights for Godzilla yeah. and they they're quite litigious like they're very yeah. active in protecting yeah. that because it's probably stolen constantly um and uh so I'm not surprised but that that's really interesting. So like what's the what's the setup look like for that when you're when you're doing this? Like what what are you guys is it just vocal or are you doing is there instrumentation or like how does how does it all work? Um, well,
1: we are um, uh, at present. We are reasonably. We well. I guess. I guess we've always been a a, a reasonably loose kind of collective. I mean, we're not a band per se. Um, one of the nice because because what we're doing with the music. I mean, we're we're all we're all improvisers. We're all kind of free improvisers. That um, that you know. You know, I've I've been I've been doing this for for about twenty somewhat years uh, and all that, and you know, uh, eventually I guess you know thousand hours or so. Though I'm sure I'm nowhere close to that. That you kind of start be- to become good at it, and uh, and and so so we've always had a pretty flexible lineup. Um, and our present lineup is that I I play bass, so so and I can be upright uh i have an electric bass i have uh, an, an acoustic bass guitar which i'll kind of you know which i'll let uh, i know this sounds a little uh, fruity but i'll kind of let let the movie dictate kind of what 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 the theme is uh, or what my approach is going to be uh we have a keyboard player um we have two guitarists and they and they run from you know they uh, they have acoustic guitars they have electric one guy plays lap steel um and all that so so we can get a lot of good textures uh out of that we have we have another guy uh that plays clarinet kind of the the regular uh clarinet that you think of you know yeah. when you think of a clarinet as we all do um, but he also has a bass clarinet uh, which again adds adds some good textures uh and then we have a drummer And, um, and, and as I said, I mean, things are, things are pretty loose. We'll kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put the season together and, you know, if, if somebody can't make a show, then that's, then that's fine. You know, we'll kind of work around it. I mean, if it was like, you know, we're a Led Zeppelin cover band and while our drummers, you know, out of town that day, you know, well, the Led Zeppelin cover band wouldn't play because, you know, you kind of need drums for that music. But, <laughs> um, but, but for what we do, you know, if, if, if there's no drummer or it's just one of the guitarists or the clarinetist is up at its cottage or something like that, then I mean, obviously we know we miss them and all that, but uh, it's not so critical um to to the film that that you know we kind of have to you know we we have to cancel or anything like that so um you know we've done we've done shows as a trio and we've done and if everybody's there we're, we're we're seven we're uh we're a septet so um cool so so yeah it's it's nice to have that kind of flexibility um with the membership but also with everyone's mindset that you know okay well we're like i said someone can't make the show okay Well, you know, we're still going to do it.
2: And then, uh, do like, do you guys have like a lot of rehearsal time where you're like, sort of, like really matching your timings and everything along to the film? Or is there like, or do you get a hold of a score that you can follow along with? Like, how does that, how does that work from a like actually making it real kind of thing? I I imagine you don't just show up and be like, ah, we're just going to play along with this movie and hope we get it right. um, (laughs) Cinematic jazz. Well, (laughs) you know.
1: Yeah. A little bit, a yeah. little, you know, we're, we're almost, we're almost close to that. It, it, I mean, it's weird because we actually do have rehearsals. Um, and, 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 and so there's, and so there's two things that I, that I, that I put together. Um, one is the schedule, um, of, of the movie. So I'll, you know, I go through and I watch it and I'm, and I'm kind of carving up the movie into like five, maybe 10 minute segments. You know hopefully where there's you know it's it actually the old silent films it actually works pretty well because um the 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 old silent film reels were about seven to ten minutes each mm. i guess depending on 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 the length and the crank speed and all that and usually mm-hmm. there would be like a fade to black and or or or, or the iris would kind of close in and then it would reopen and and all that um but obviously you know with the modern movies they didn't you know they they didn't they didn't need that but so i i kind of i'll kind of carve it up and i'll say okay we've got this movie has 12 chapters and and so for the first one we all play you know you know that's us kind of setting setting the stage and then, and then, and then for the second chapter, I'll say, okay, it's just going to be you two playing. And then for chapter, the next chapter, it's okay, it's you three playing. And then, and so, and so we kind of, we, we mix it up over, o- o- over the course of the movie. Cause I think I, um, I was in the UW orchestra playing, playing classical music, which is not in my world at all. But it was really insightful because what I realized is, is that you know with the with the classical pieces and the symphonies and all that it's not everybody playing all the time mm. you know here's here's a section where you know the cellos are out or you know there's no brass or there's you know here's here's the percussion feature and and so i kind of said well you know i mean i don't i don't want 3 or 4 or 7 of us kind of playing nonstop for an hour and a half because i think i think that would kind of bore us but also kind of bore the audience mm. and so and so we're kind of so with the schedule I'm saying okay you know here's a duo here's a trio and then the next duo it's going to be two different people and then and so I'm kind of mixing it up and I'm and a I mean it gives it gives the people playing you know a, a bit of a break um, right you know but also you know uh, it kind of mixes up the tones and the timbres and uh and hopefully makes a little bit interesting for uh, uh for the audience um, and then the other sheet that i have and uh is that i mean i'm i'm just going to put together musical fragments i might i might you know um pull out i mean for 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 Joan of arc um I would I I I looked for kind of Gregorian chant music, and and I would say okay, well here's an interesting two bars or six bars or something, and I would kind of give it, and I would say okay, here's here's the music for for chapter three, um, but I'm not going to expect everybody to play it straight up. I mean, you know, everyone's going to look at it and kind of take their interpretation, and you know, um, and and sometimes it'll just even just be here's here's the key signature you know and uh because i mean i mean we don't i mean the silent films you know the big the big blockbusters silent films i mean a lot of them came with full orchestral scores right you know yeah, yeah. It, you know if you look up you know you know you can find the score for potemkin and uh you know um you know uh, uh all kinds of other movies that are that are like because because the like the the big cities chicago and la and new york and berlin and and all those places i mean they would the the the, the big cinemas they would have they would have a standing orchestra probably drawn from the local symphony yeah. um and you know and they would as a whole they would they would rehearse it and kind of work through it and and yeah and i mean it was very obviously symphonic
0: um but i do like this idea of like here's here's the film here's kind of the emotional beats but let's try different music and let's be uh, improvisational about it and and see how the scene plays differently just by changing the
1: music that's behind it that's really cool and and I mean you know one of the things uh, and again I mean like I said we're we're at the rehearsal and and we're kind of going through and and generally what's more important is that we're talking about the scene and trying to say okay you know what's you know what's the emotion here you know what's you know what what kind of tempo should we should we be at um, you know we'll we'll watch the movie and then uh, play along and then and then we'll stop and we'll talk about it. And, you know, people will say, you know, I felt, I felt we peaked too early. You know, there was that scene where this happened and all that, you know, we then kind of have to go into a lull, but then we kind of have to, you know, get a little bit louder again. So let's not make that first time too loud because then, you know, we kind of have to exceed that at, you know, at the end, at the climax or, or something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's when we're rehearsing, it's, it's often just trying to kind of match, match the mood. Um, It's just also just kind of part of it is just kind of hearing, well, what's everybody else doing at this, at this scene? Okay. You know, you know, I'm playing, I am playing with the guitarist and the drummer. What's the guitarist going to, you know, what, what kind of thing are are they, are they going to do? Is it going to be this kind of, you know, big chords, or is it finger-picking, is it really sparse, you know, and then, and then certainly one of the things that, you know, I I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever really kind of had to be explicit about it, but I mean, I mean, the one thing that, that when we're playing is that, is that, you know, it's not like nobody has ever suddenly decided in the middle of a scene to take it like 180 degrees you know in 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 the other direction you know because that's just going to screw up everybody else right you know yeah, so
0: Tramp is sadly walking down the street and the the guy in tuba is just like do 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 do
1: do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what would be funny here a screaming wah solo from the guitarist you know uh, or or whatever so so yeah so, so, i mean
0: someone breaks out a fly whistle that no one knew he smuggled uh, in and just <laughs> whoop,
1: whoop. And this is and, and I mean and I mean this is the nice thing. I mean, I mean I mean some of the people that 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 are in the band now have have been there almost since since the beginning. And so it's been almost 10 years or 12 years with, with some of these people. And uh, you know, I mean I wanna say, yeah, you know, we kind of do eventually have a bit of a shorthand. We do kind of I don't I don't I don't want to say that we kind of know what the other person's going to play because ultimately we don't, but we kind of know what the other people are capable of and you know again i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask our clarinetist to kind of i don't know do something that's that's out of his comfort range or or, you know to kind of say well you know i want you to play as loud as you can for as long as you can you know and you know run off a you know 30 second note riff here you know for you know for five minutes because that's just not you know it's just not gonna work so
2: yeah i know it's it's cool because like you know there's obviously rehearsal and preparation and sort of a curation that goes into it but then at the same time there's a bit of you know still room for that flexibility and that improvisation and that kind of you know like let's let's not keep it so tightly controlled that everyone is really uh it's funny though, because in the back of my head, I just had this vision of you, Ted, you know, doing the spinal tap thing where it's like Jazz Odyssey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's nice to kind of have. I mean, if somebody did start to kind of veer off, I mean, I think, I think everybody, everybody who's playing with them would, would try to kind of go along with that. I mean, we're not, you know, it isn't. Like I said, this isn't a full orchestral score where somebody plays a B flat instead of a B that everyone's going to know. But I mean, we are kind of traveling as a group. You know, there is is three to seven of us. And, you know, it's almost like we've kind of got this loose elastic band around us. And it's like, okay, well, we're trying to get from one end of the field to the other as a group. We don't all have to go in the same direction all at the same time. But generally, here's the goal. You know, we, we want to get from A to B and, you know, we have an hour and a half to do it or something like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I mean, uh, there's, there's always, you know, there's always moments. I mean, I mean, I I don't think there's been a film where I haven't, you know, been amazed by something that somebody plays and, yeah. you know, that, that, that somebody just digs in and finds yeah. a riff or you know, just matches matches the emotion on the screen what they're playing, and you know, uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say there's 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 you know there's been a few times where I've been almost you know close to tears because it's just it's just synced up so beautifully, right? And you know, and I mean that that comes from doing this for for you know for a while, and it, and it comes from, I mean, I mean everybody we're all generally watching the film. We're not generally watching each other, you know, so, so we're all, you know, taking our, our inspiration from, from what we're seeing and, you know, not, not that you kind of turn off your brain, but, you know, hopefully everybody kind of knows what they're playing and kind of knows what's expected of them. And then you could just kind of let your fingers do the work. Right. Do you have uh, like, one
2: that uh like and you know any films that have really stood out for you or that are really memorable or ones that really were like kind of special um the the
1: (laughs) okay so the way the way how we started um so um we were there was there was like a like like i okay (laughs) I need to maybe go back a little bit more. I got, I was, I was heading out to Guelph. I, I had got a double base from my wife as a birthday gift. Uh, when I, when I, when I turned uh, uh, an age younger than I am now. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and what I had heard was that there was a guy out in Guelph and he was kind of running like a, like a weekly workshop of improvised music and this guy's name is, is jesse stewart and he's a drummer and um you know he's uh, yeah just a good guy and and uh, and all that he's a prophet at, uh, at carlton now and and so and 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 i'd heard of this thing called free jazz and i just kind of didn't know what 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 was going on and and all that and so i was humping it out to to, to guelph for about a year and a half and then jesse had to kind of call it quits because he was doing his as his, uh, his phd at the time and he had to focus and so i said well i'm going to start something like that here in kw um and it kind of got the word out and, and 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 all that and and so then there was a group of us that were getting together and again, we were just making noise. We were just kind of improvising and all that. And then, and we would host concerts. You know, we would, you know, either ourselves or we would bring in people that we knew from Toronto or whatever. And basically, we were just playing for ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, uh, which 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 is all right. But then we said, you know what? Let's actually try to get an audience. And 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 so we said, and and so, and what I had heard or what I remember reading about was about improvisers playing along to silent films and 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 so and so I said you know we're gonna do this you know this is, this is this is this is this is this is gonna be our thing and I said you know what and I don't want to do the old films you know the old musty dusty crappy silent films we're gonna do new stuff we're gonna do new modern films and uh, and so I'm, I'm online and i'm looking and looking and i'm emailing people and basically these are like you know artists doing gallery installations and stuff like that and i had this little hat in hand email that i would send them and all that uh some people i just never heard from again some people just came out and said no uh some people replied and said sure my film is three thousand dollars to rent for a night you know here's my manager's address and all that um, the best, the yeah. best, res, the best response was the one guy that replied and he said, you know what, you can, you can, if you do different music to the film, I, you can I'm not going to let you use the name of the film. So, you know, we could say, here we are, we are accompanying a film by this person and this person has directed these movies previously. But we couldn't say the name of the film, which I thought okay, you know, I can kind of get that because you know, if because the music really did match the film, and you know what, as and as as we we're just saying, you know, the music in the film sometimes they can be really, un, you can't you can't separate them, right? Um, and so I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated. And then i'm uh i'm attending a lecture in town and it was guy Madden, uh who is um winnipeg based director and this was you know uh, tales from Gimli hospital had come out and he had you know that was a big you know uh, you know everyone was like Ooh, this is this is crazy and and i remember going to see archangel uh at the princess and that was, you know, a, a, you know, a very wonderful film. And I'm thinking, well, this the film looks like it's like a hundred years old. You know, it's black and white, and it's grainy, and it's low res, and, and all that. And then, and then, I guess I don't know if it was in his lecture or if I was reading about it, and it said that he had put out a put out a silent film called Cowards Bend the Knee, and. Right. Yeah. Uh and um uh, Gen X had it. Gen X, which was the video store on the you know, the local freaky music store. a uh, video store. Of course store.
2: they did. Of uh they course had it. Gen X had it.
1: And and, and so I went and I rented it and it was like, you know what, this is just I mean, it's a really weird film. I mean I mean Guy Madden is just you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's a movie, it's 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 semi autobiographical, which is uh, uh which he went uh, return to again from my Winnipeg. But you know the movie, there's hockey and there's matricide in it. And there's some, uh, some sexual perversion and, and, and it was just, it was just crazy. And so, and so I emailed him and this was at, at this point I was, you know, I was, I was getting really frustrated and, and guy replied and said, run with it, you know, do whatever you want you know, so thank you so much for, you know, thinking about it and uh, about, about this film and all that. And, uh, and I said, you know, you know, what about royalties? And he said, you know, don't worry about it. Just, just go, just go, just, just have at it. And, cool. uh, and so, yeah. So, I mean, so, and then, and then just because of, I said, you know, I don't want to go through the tr- the trouble that I had trying to find uh trying to find movies to 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 accompany and so and so what we so you know, after that we we went back or not we went back, but we then started doing, you know, I think our first film after that was uh nosferatu and and man with the movie camera so you know we're just kind of going you know going to the safe silent films and and all that but you know cowards bend the knee i mean i mean i still you know i watch that film about about once a year and and for me that's that's the film that obviously started it all um we did we've we did a, a, another Guy Madden movie. Um, uh, he did uh, a Dracula, uh, Pages from a Virgin's Diary. Um, and we accompanied that. And, and again, you know, I emailed him and got permission and, and, and all that, which was uh, a totally different movie because, I mean, I mean that was, it was starring, it was, it, was, it was a film adaptation of a production he did with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And so the movie is the ballet dancers and, and he's filming and, and he's filmed it, but it still is very much like a, you know, like a, like a ballet, almost, you know, you know, like a stage production. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, Guy Madden has, I mean, I've, I've never actually met him in person. I mean, we just, we've just probably only exchanged maybe a dozen or so emails, but I mean, yeah, if it wasn't for him, um, the, yeah. the VOC wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't exist. That's awesome.
2: I uh, I was just looking up Cowards Bend the Knee and I, I guess it before the film the film sort of was born out of an art installation that was and I love the the review about it, uh, which was basically um uh what did it say here? I've got to I've gotta read it because it was really uh really interesting. I can't find it here. Uh it, it, it was anyways, it was just basically like it described it as a series of never-ending cliffhangers.
1: Yeah, well, what it, what it was, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was an installation he did at, at the power plant in Toronto, which uh, I I don't think is around anymore, and 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 it was a gallery, and what what how he did it was that it was and, and which I didn't I didn't see, so again, this is just from a description, was basically people went up, and it was almost like a keyhole or you know you know a knot in a in a wooden fence. And so yeah. you would go up and you would put your eye to it and then, and then, and then you would see, you would see the film. And then, and, 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 and the other thing is, is that, and, and this is probably uh, perhaps even a, a, a direct homage to the, you know, to the early days of silent film was that, you know, guy would have it, you know, you know, chapter one and, you know, the scene would play out and then it would say end of chapter one and then chapter two and then and then chapter two will play out so that was you know for for the installation that was that was the cue for people to say oh okay well now it's time for me to move on you know i've you know i've come to the end of chapter one okay that's let's move along and and for me it was great because it meant that you know when i was creating the music for it i said oh okay well chapter one this is who's gonna play for chapter one and then there's the obvious end and there's this, uh, a like it's a little 10 second break and then chapter two and it's like okay well now it's gonna be these people playing and and to kind of rotate it through and and all that but uh but yeah so so for the theatrical release he just kind of strung strung the chapters all together right yeah yeah and uh and yeah again I mean I mean I mean you know if you've seen uh, you know I mean I mean Guy Madden is always just you know his movies are I don't want to say all over the place but I mean there's always something, I don't know, familiar about them, but yet then each movie is just its own little weird little universe. I mean, you know, saddest, saddest music in the world or um, brand upon the brain and, and all these, all these movies that are just, they're just brilliant. And, and they're their own little, it's almost like a little snow globe, you know, that, that, that you shake and, and it's just, so there's this little world inside that you just think, well, where, where did that come from? (laughs)
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the saddest music in the world came out um, and that was that was one that was I think it's probably one of his most sort of popularly well-known films. Yeah. Um, Because it got a lot of public attention. I remember at the time.
1: Uh, Isabella Rossellini is in it and uh, uh, Mark McKinney
2: because of course you would put Mark McKinney from the kids in the hall. Isabella Rossellini in the same movie.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, every, I mean, I, I, I I don't want to sound like, like, like a fan, but I mean, every movie we do, you know, we kind of get into it. You kind of watch it, you, you know, you know, I've probably, you know, for, like I said, we just did Joan of Arc. Um, I've probably, I probably have watched it now like 10 times, start to finish. And, you know, you, you really get into a movie after you see it 10 times you kind of anticipate you know you know that you know the speed you kind of know what's coming up next you kind of start to notice little things that that you're not going to pick up on the first time you or second time you view it the third time you think well what's well, what's going on in the background there you know and and oh okay you know that guy in the background he's the same guy you know, two scenes later on and, 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 and all that. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, every, after every movie, I mean, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, they, their, their, their rough estimate is that I think it's only like 15% of the silent films that were produced up until like 1929 or 1930 or so, uh, have, have survived. And, And I mean, some of them are just really crap. You know, I mean, there's some there's some really bad silent films out there, but I, I I hope or somehow people thought realized that you know what there there were some really good ones and and somehow managed to keep them safe, managed to not not have the film burn up and 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 all that you know they kind of managed to you know tuck it away somewhere safe and climate controlled and all that and so a lot of the silent you know. Uh, a lot of the silent films that are out there are, you know, there there are a lot of really really good films out there that that you know, and it's not just, I mean, I mean, there there are those A level movies that everyone knows, you know, Keaton and 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 Chaplin and and, and Metropolis and and and, and Nosferatu and, and movies like that, but I mean, movies like you know, a, a, a Pandora's Box and. Uh, a a Wampier, also by Carl Theodor Dreyer, and you know, you know, Hagen and and uh, you know, Phantom Carriage uh, and all that. You know, these are kind of I don't want to say B. You know, it, it's it's embarrassing to call them B-level movies just because people they're not kind of foremost in people's minds when you say what do you think about when you hear the word silent film. But I mean, I mean, some of these movies are just I mean, they are just as good as anything else. You know anything that's you know that's that's come out since, um, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so I mean it's 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 hard it's hard to kind of say well, you know which one do you like better because I mean some of these films are are just absolutely gorgeous to watch, uh, and, and 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 I mean obviously there's not the special effects and so, you know it's based on the actual acting it's based on the set design because there aren't really any other crutches for the director to kind of have, you know, so. I
0: remember, I, we, we showed a documentary a few years ago about um, one of the first big directors in the the North American scene was a a woman and her name is escaping me right now. She, she started in France um, and she was the first female director in Europe. And then she she came across to the U.S. When Edison was setting up his kind of studios in New Jersey, and she never made it out to Hollywood, she she left the industry before then. Um, but like her, when they were all in New Jersey, her company was bigger than you know what was Fox at the time, and 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 some names that did make the journey out to to Hollywood, and and she, she just never did. Um, and she made shorts, and and they were you know silent shorts, but the the imagination that she put into them to create special effects before special effects were a thing yeah. there was one of one of her shorts was about a guy getting um caught up in a mattress and then he just like he gets stuck in this mattress and then rolls down like a set of stairs and then rolls down a hill and then gets chased by a dog and and it's it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse for him <laughs> and like just watching these shorts and seeing like the amount of work that it would have had to have taken to set up these scenarios and then like film them either backwards or with stunt dou- with, not even stunt doubles at the time just yeah. like Filming it to a point with an actor and then editing it so seamlessly so that when they throw a dummy into the scene, you can't tell where the edit is so that it looks <laughs> like this guy is taking this tumble off of like a a hill um, or a cliff or what have you. And it, it just it it's it's so amazing to see these guys that were or these people who were working with these what I can only assume to be just disastrously clunky silent movie cameras in in like the 1800s and their first (laughs) instinct is i'm going to construct the most difficult comedy scene i can possibly think of and then (laughs) oh yeah
2: well it's you see those loops of like some of the old buster keaton stunts and you're like how are you not dead yeah well
1: he the the story (laughs) goes there is i i don't i don't I don't know when it happened but i mean i mean you know i guess keaton had a had an accident on set or something like that and the you know the film studio said oh well you better get it looked at and and all that and i guess he went in probably for a you know uh you know what what then passed for an x-ray probably you know uh, you know worse than smoking you know a million cigarettes the amount of you know radiation that they expose them to <laughs> but you know the doctor is going l- looking at at the x-ray and said oh well you know and you know you know we're seeing this okay I think you're fine oh by the way when did you break your back <laughs> and Keaton says I, I never broke my back he said well yeah well, you know no the, you know there's this there's this little line here this is a this is a fracture and you know it's healed over but you know you know when when did you do it and 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 keaton said he had you know he had no memory of it you know you know there were some days where you know he probably yeah you know took a tumble off the streetcar off the off the side of a hill off, off off the moving vehicle and you know it was you know and he was sore and he was you know but the director said okay well now we've got to move on you know there wasn't there wasn't the time for him to kind of you know, you know, he probably just went home and you know, whatever the nineteen twenties equivalent of Advil was, he you know, took took a couple of those and I'm pretty sure it was like laudanum. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, was gonna, and... I was gonna say
0: straight heroin. <laughs> straight- <Yeah. laughs> right. But he got it, it from you the know, pharmacist. It was okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's not addictive. Look, you know, my doctor takes it. You know, and and so yeah, and so and so yeah, I mean I mean just just, just the peril that you know these actors kind of put themselves in and i mean and and you know of course there's no there's no union rules back then and you know there's no there's no you know you know safety office of you know someone standing there saying you can't do that to a dog you know they just they just went ahead anyways you know or, so or a
0: child here, child yeah. i'm going to push you into traffic don't worry it's okay
1: yeah um um oh who was it um she just I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, she actually was the last living film star. Baby, oh, I can't. Uh, her acting, anyways. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, she she's like four four years old, and there and and she's running through like a you know, like literally a burning building. And it was like well that's just what you did you know the director said do this you know and you know maybe hopefully there was somebody nearby with a bucket of water or something but but yeah no it was just it was just it's just nuts so yeah i i I mean not that stunts
2: are not in some way like they're still really dangerous because of course the complexity of them has not decreased at all i was watching one from the 80s it was done for a tv show where a guy uh free jumped off the CN tower and had this sort of rope rigging wire rigging system that he used to catch himself at the end. But it like was not really clear whether or not it was going to work when he jumped. (laughs) I I hope this works. And this was like, this was for television in the eighties, not like golden era television. We're in now where it's kind of, you know, like this was like a Canadian (laughs) television show littlest hobo or something like that you know so yeah exactly so uh you know but it's it's definitely i do think we're we're it, we're we're better off in terms of the attention to safety details that generally yeah. tend to be on uh, in involved in these stunts and the planning that goes into them as
1: opposed to just be like
2: all right uh so i don't know what if we just jumped off a moving vehicle here and see what happens
1: yeah well and i mean nowadays i mean i mean you know the the digital effects are now just so unbelievably seamless that you know you, you realize you know there there aren't actually any human beings in this shot, you know. So, yeah, I just
0: I just watched the trailer for uh, what is it, the Little Mermaid uh, live action remake, and um, the 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 whole like first thirty seconds of the trailer is the the ship crashing into a reef and prince eric being thrown into the the sea and it's just like okay in that shot there's a real actor they're standing on a mattress that has been painted green yeah Uh, this (laughs) shot there's no human beings in this shot is a cartoon good yes all right very good uh, you didn't. You you paid an actor for maybe a day's worth of work, and then you yeah. got a whole sequence out of it. That's that's great. At least Peter Weir had the decency to put to like build a ship and put it in a giant swimming pool and make Russell Crowe jump off it. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. James Cameron
0: sunk a whole Titanic, man. Yeah, exactly. James Cameron would legitimately, like, if he was given enough money and time, I think that he would sink the state of Florida just to <laughs> give himself, like, a self-contained artificial sea of... Uh, for himself. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is mine now. It's, it's the opposite of Lex Luthor's plan in the Superman movie. Instead yeah, of like, making more land, he's trying to, to make more oceans.
2: <laughs> there you go. That That's exactly what he would do. Or he'd raise the Titanic, lovingly restore it, and sink it again. And then sink it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see what it was like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, rebuild the iceberg so that it was at the exact dimensions of the original yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, um, so, so Ted, when you yeah. when you go to choose what films are for, let's say you're planning your next season, do you yeah. have like a, a list? that you you made years ago of, of movies that you absolutely know are in the public domain that you'll be able to get a copy of or every year are you you looking for new surprises like how do you go about deciding on the films
1: that you choose i mean i mean we've been we've been doing this like i said for about i think about 15 years or so we've i think i i think i think we must be getting close to about 50 movies that we've done 50 movies and short films uh that that we've done and so i mean not not and, and you know as i said before there are some really really crappy silent films out there so we're not we're not dead set on you know doing doing everything i mean i mean we are at the point where we're kind of repeating movies um you know because uh you know and and actually and i'm and, and i mean if anybody was paying attention, or any of our longtime fans, I mean, all all the movies that that we've done this season, we've done before, uh, and that was just a bit of a escape hatch because you know I had to kind of everything kind of goes through the registry theater in in, in Kitchener. We consider that our that that's our home base, and uh, and Lawrence McNaught, who runs it, who's you know a you know an absolutely lovely human being. I mean, I have to give him these dates in like May, June or so. And, and at the time last year, you know, we were still kind of in this, I don't want to say in the thick of of COVID, but I just thought, you know what? I just, there's always a chance that we're going to be in, you know, you know, the ninth wave of, you know, you know, variant, you know jkr and and so i said you know what i'm just gonna play it safe and we're just gonna do movies that we've done before um just so that i'm not i, I don't want to say wasting my time but just you know we've got that if anything has to cancel even you have to scrub the whole season you know we're gonna be okay um but yeah, but I mean I do I do kind of have I, I on on my phone I actually kind of have, have have a list of, of movies that I'm that I would that I would consider uh for kind of subsequent seasons and and I mean part of it is not it's not it's not so much that I'm I'm trying to put together you know like I'm certainly not actually putting together like a theme for for the season but it's just like you know like what are what are good films You know I can maybe kind of sneak in one kind of maybe underappreciated movie um, you know and uh, but you know we want something that you know that that people will kind of recognize um, or at least you know maybe maybe be hopefully I guess be a bit of a draw uh, and all that so um, but yeah but I mean I mean you know I'm, I'm kind of looking at at the list I mean I mean the you know, seeing well what's 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 coming into public domain this year, you know, and uh, and 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 looking at looking at at the list of movies and and all that. Um, the other thing that we're doing is, and again, not that this is a, um, I mean, you know, we're we're kind of coming up to, you know. Um, you know, silent you know movies have, have been around for for over a hundred years now and 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 I'll kind of look back and say okay well you know you know what what were the movies that came out in 1922 or in 23 and and are there any in there that are actually you know that are still held up uh, and all that and um, truthfully we're kind of in a bit of a lull historically, as far as like, like the kind of early twenties, um, you know, coming up in about two or three years, hopefully the VOC will still be around. I mean, I mean, we're just coming up to just a load of really, really good movies. Um, and, and not that, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't really, um, a big, marketing ploy to come out to say come out and see a movie that's a hundred years old because you know people are going to say why um but you know it's it, but we'll we'll kind of bring back something as you know as uh as it's as it's you know uh uh centenary comes around and all that you know we want we won't we won't flog that it's that that this movie is a hundred years old but i mean we'll, we'll 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 try to we'll we'll work it in and and all that um Saying you know. that a
0: movie is from 1923, though feels less like it's a hundred years old than <laughs> than saying that a movie is from like 1900. But that's yeah. because our brains are all broken. So, <laughs> sure, um, Ted, this has been absolutely uh, wonderful talking oh, with you yeah, about this yeah. uh, project. Um, Thank you. Why yeah, don't you tell people good. how they can get tickets to Gamora?
1: Um, well, we are Gamora is is May the fourth. I'm just actually getting into my phone now because I just want to make 100% sure. Yeah, May the 4th, Thursday, May the 4th at the at the Registry Cinema, uh, at the Registry the Registry Theater uh, in, in Kitchener. Um, we are, if you want to find the VOC, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash VOC Silent Film. Um, if you go to the Registry website, um, we will be up on their webpage probably about six eight weeks before and um and 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 there will be a link there that you can buy uh advanced tickets um for any of your listeners that are that are out of town um what we have realized or started doing is is uh is is we've been doing a little circuit in that uh we uh we will always make the trek down to hamilton and we will play at the Playhouse, which is um, uh, kind of you know north end of Hamilton and all that. But again, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a restored theater. Um, and uh, owned, owned
2: by the folks who own the princess.
1: Owned owned by the Tuts. They're uh yeah, uh, Wendy and John run run the uh run the princess cinemas up here. Their son Jacob is the manager of of of, of, of the one in Hamilton. Yeah. Um and then and then we also hump it out to Ottawa, uh the Mayfair Theater, which is kind of on the kind of a little bit of south of downtown, in in the Glebe, if you know your Ottawa uh, neighborhoods love and love uh, the
0: Mayfair. I've seen many a film at the yeah. Mayfair, yeah,
1: yeah. And 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 the guys that, that run that, Lee and Josh, I mean, Lee is just probably the biggest movie fan that I know. Um, and you know, he also directs movies. Um, he just released uh, Enter the Drag Dragon, which was just playing at the Apollo, um, last weekend, and I think is actually playing, um, in a day or two uh, i think on the 23rd of march at, at the apollo as well so i mean he's a director and uh, i think one of his first films was um uh, jesus christ uh, vampire hunter uh and all that but anyways but i mean i mean we we will we will we will go up there as well and uh and thankfully have found have found good crowds uh up there so so we'll take we'll take camera we'll play we'll play kitchener We'll take it down the road uh, to Hamilton and then we'll take it up the road uh, and and play Ottawa as well. Well, we will make sure so. that the links to
0: all of those places are in the, the notes for this episode so that folks sure. can okay. very quickly and easily um, get tickets. Um, Excellent. Ted, this has been an absolute
1: delight. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having Ooh. me.
0: And we can be found on social media. Clark can be found on Twitter and Instagram at thelibraryclark. Pereira can be found on Twitter at Mikey underscore Pereira. The show can be found on those platforms at midcreditscene. We also have an email address, midcreditscenepod at gmail.com, where we welcome your questions on social media or at the email address. Send us your questions and we will answer the best of them on the show and pose them to future guests our theme music is the show must be go by kevin mcleod our logo design is by john johnson you can find his amazing work at bareface.ca mid-credit scene podcast can be heard every month on midtown radio broadcasting while drinking a new coke in waterloo region until next time we'll see you at the movies